Hey, it's Alexandra Solomon. Some of you might have heard about a new marketing campaign the city's launched called Chicago Not in Chicago. City officials say it's meant to bolster local pride, attract new business, and get more tourists to come visit. It's supposed to do that by highlighting the way Chicago has influenced cities around the world, something we know a thing or two about here at Curious City. Anyway, the ads are running all around the country, and the first video that's been released features a guided tour on a double-decker bus in New York. We are on a tour of Chicago that's not in Chicago, but in New York. We're going to show you some things in New York that wouldn't be here without Chicago. As the tour proceeds, the guide points out all the things invented in Chicago. You will see skyscrapers, the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building, the One World Tower. None of those would be here without Chicago. The skyscraper and the architectural technology to build skyscrapers comes from Chicago. And also... Now right up here is one of the hottest clubs in New York City and guess where house music originated. Now, we're not here to debate whether this ad campaign is a good idea or a bad idea. There's plenty of that already. But it did remind us of a question we answered a few years ago about the ongoing rivalry between Chicago and New York. It actually dates all the way back to the 1893 World's Fair. Now, we didn't just answer the question in a podcast episode. Nope. We hired some actors and put on a live show at the Museum of Science and Industry. Try to imagine it. Chicago was a hog butcher, complete with the blood-stained apron. Chicago is virtually the second city of the Union. New York was a snobby-looking guy with a monocle. (laughs) Don't pay any attention to the nonsensical claims of that windy city. And as you'll hear, the audience got really into it. Producer Jesse Dukes was the host. That's next. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Well, I was intrigued by this question that we got back in 2016. Um, A question asker named Anthony asked us this. Where does Chicago's inferiority complex towards New York come from? When did it start? Now, I thought that was a little bit of a curious wording because, you know, it seems like to me Chicagoans feel as though we're in a rivalry with New York. 
so I wanted I wanted to test that theory. Um, so I went out to Chicago and asked some people what they thought about it. Here I am downtown. I'm just going to walk around and ask some people what cities they think rival Chicago. Definitely New York. New York. Yeah. New York. Yeah. And so it went. <laughs> Chicagoans think that New York is their chief rival. But what do New Yorkers think about that? I sent my friend Emmanuel, who's a radio producer in New York, out on the streets of that city to ask the same question. What do you think are New York's rivals? Tokyo, maybe Paris, Tokyo. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah. Um, London. I think Los Angeles. And Venice, that's it. Miami is one. Um, New Orleans. I mean, Jersey City in New Jersey. Nothing, really. I would actually say nothing. What about Chicago? Uh, Chicago? No, it's not the same thing. I don't know. I mean, Chicago's like Chicago. You don't really hear much about it. So, one side says it's a rivalry. The other side couldn't care less. So maybe Anthony's wording is correct. It's not a rivalry. It's an inferiority complex. Maybe. But I guarantee you, if in 1893 you asked New Yorkers the exact same question, they would have said Chicago. And they would have been a little nervous. Because they were in a real rivalry with Chicago, and everybody knew it. And that rivalry had major consequences for both cities. And I'm going to tell a story about that. And as I tell the story, you're going to hear some insults from Chicago and New York. And those came from real newspapers. It goes back to the 1800s when there was a contest between American cities. It was a population contest. Now, it was assumed that New York was the great American city. But as the West was developed, Americans expected a great Midwestern metropolis to rise up. A second city, if you will. Maybe it would be Cincinnati or St. Louis or Milwaukee or Cleveland. And for decades, nobody thought it would be Chicago. But Chicago wanted to be considered. The city that was unborn in 1830 in 1864 leads the cities of the whole Earth's surface in lumber, in breadstuffs, and in pork. <laughs> Chicago has more of the trade of Indiana than Indianapolis, more of the trade of Michigan than Detroit, and more of the trade of Missouri than St. Louis. Chicago is virtually the second city of the Union. This was a lie. In 1864, Chicago was still well behind St. Louis and Cincinnati. But the lie was becoming true. In the 1870s, Chicago built the Union Stockyards and became the railroad hub of the Northwest. And that meant more factories, more jobs, and more people. So, by 1880, the census showed Chicago was the biggest city in the Midwest, to the dismay of St. Louis. Hey, Ewan's down there. Did you hear? First comes New York, then Philadelphia, then Brooklyn, and then Chicago. Yeah. And then St. Louis. <laughs> now, Chicago kept growing throughout the 1880s, passing Brooklyn, then Philadelphia, and this started to make New York nervous. 
And to make matters worse for New York, Chicago had the temerity to suggest the U.S. should have a World's Fair to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Columbus's arrival in the Americas. Well, actually, that part didn't bother New York at all. The part that bothered New York was that Chicago thought the world's Columbian exposition should actually be in Chicago. (laughs) Don't pay any attention to the nonsensical claims of that windy city. Chicago could not build a World's Fair, even if it won it. (laughs) And beginning in 1889, the two cities fought it out in the newspapers. New York brought up Chicago's pollution. (laughs) Some of Chicago's statemen have prepared a bill to be submitted to the Congress in the hopes of bamboozling that body into believing the big smoke is a good place for the World's Fair. (laughs) The fair in New York's hands would be but a money-making scheme. And then they just broke out the insults. I heard that a man died the other day at the age of 110. What a fierce hold on life he must have had, considering he lived in Chicago. Chicago slaughters and packs its hogs. New York puts them on committees. As Congress debated which city would get the fare, the New York papers called Chicago dirty, rustic, of the prairie, full of gamblers and prostitutes. Well. Some of which may have been true. But on February 24th, 1890, the U.S. Congress announced Chicago would host the Columbian Exposition. After a three-year scramble, including a one-year delay, Chicago unveiled its World's Fair. The stunning white city, the exotic exhibits, the landscaped islands, the lovely midway placents, the Ferris wheel, it was a rousing success. And afterwards, even New York was magnanimous. As far as I have observed, New York has never gotten behind any enterprise as Chicago got behind this. Chicago has embarrassed her enemies and astonished the world. But New York could afford to be magnanimous. Remember, the World's Fair was a distraction from the real contest, population. And New York could be secure that they were number one. Or could they? See, Chicago grew even faster after the fair, much faster than New York. And by 1894, some informal estimates suggested Chicago had passed New York and would be number one in the 1900 census. Is Chicago's population greater than New York? Well, if it isn't now, it will be. (laughs) Oh, there's no hurry. New York, ever quick with a comeback was at a loss for words. (laughs) The thing was, New York knew Chicago was in fact still growing. And keep in mind, at the time, New York was just Manhattan. Now, New York had long wanted to annex Brooklyn and some of its other neighbors, but the state legislature had always stood in its way. 
However, Chicago's taunting was apparently too much for those state lawmakers, and in 1896, New York passed a bill allowing New York City, then Manhattan, to annex Brooklyn, as well as Queens County, Bronx County, and Staten Island, nearly doubling in size and population and crushing Chicago's hopes of being number one. Uh, Chicago has no jealousy in this matter and wishes greater New York all kinds of prosperity and sends the bride and groom its congratulations and wishes them a happy new year. But the Columbian Exposition revealed another kind of competition, one that Chicago might actually win. The Columbian Expo surprised Chicagoans by proving Chicago could actually clean up pretty nice. So, if we couldn't be the biggest city, well, we could at least be the prettiest, cleanest major city in America. So seven years, so seven years after the fair, the 1900 census made it official. New York is number one, Chicago is number two. And within five years, Chicago hired Daniel Burnham, the chief architect of the fair, to design one of the most ambitious concept plans in the history of American cities. We call it after him now, the Burnham Plan. It led to revitalized parks, 22 miles of green lakefront for pedestrians and cyclists, 69,000 acres of forest preserves, and I'll say this, I've recently visited New York and Los Angeles, and I can say that when it comes to the three biggest cities, Chicago is still the cleanest. And that... I would argue, is perhaps the greatest legacy of the 1893 Columbian Exposition, and Chicago's knockdown, drag-out rivalry with our good friends in New York City. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Reporting for this episode comes from Jesse Dukes. Thanks to our actors, Aaron Cahoe as New York and Robert Bauman, who played Chicago. Also, one more thing about this whole rivalry. Chicago actually has way better bagels than New York. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. You can also hear the original story we did about the history of this rivalry and find out how Chicago got the name The Second City. Just go to our website to wbez.org slash Curious City. Curious City is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Adriana Cardona-Magigad is our reporter. Maggie Civit is the digital and engagement producer. And Asia Singleton is our intern. The show is edited by me, Alexandra Solomon. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more... Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.